Hey, you all. Welcome to Active and Connected Families. Today, we are back with our fourth episode on raising boys, and I have gotten so much great and nice supportive feedback on the strategy I talked about last week on our Instagram page at Virginia Family Therapy. We talked about having your kids proactively and kind of routinely name one thing every night that makes them feel sad, one thing that makes them feel happy, something that makes them worried, and something that makes them mad. And since I personally am really leaning into this boys' mental health and boys talking about emotions, I am learning some really interesting things from my kids using these strategies Last night, my six-year-old told me that he is worried that a silent drone is going to drop a bad guy on our roof at night, and it actually was having kind of a big impact on our bedtime routine was his fear that essentially a burglar would come into the house at night, and this is how he was going to get there. And so because I had structured this talking about feelings pretty consistently, it was really easy for me to get to the root of why he was feeling anxious around bedtime. So it's helping me. I hope it helps you. And today we're back with Matt Browning, who is the training director at Virginia Family Therapy. And he's going to talk with us more about how we help boys talk about their feelings. He has some great strategies like leaning into their resistance And he also talks about how can we teach them about why we have feelings in the first place. Turns out emotion and motivate have the same root word. I didn't know that. He really kind of blew my mind with that. And I think learning more about that strategy to help our kids understand their feelings is actually going to motivate them to talk about them more. As always, if you liked this episode, go ahead and share it, let us know, and subscribe to our podcast. Thanks so much for listening, y'all. I hope you have a great week. Active and Connected Families is a smart, relatable conversation with me, Dr. Amanda Sovic-Johnston, child psychologist, mother of three, and entrepreneur. I've spent my career providing family therapy and supporting high-achieving mothers, and maybe even more hours with my girlfriends trying to figure out how we can all feel more confident in our work and our relationships. And you all, there's one thing I've noticed. We're all struggling in some of the same places, and we're all looking for some down-to-earth advice that we can actually use. So on Active and Connected Families, I'll share some of the insights I've learned, strategies for those daily fights about laundry, some expert perspective on the bigger issues like the mental health crisis, and me chatting with my therapist friends about how we can all feel a little more active and connected in our lives. Throughout, I hope to make you laugh at least once, but I know I'll leave you with something that'll help you become a better parent and maybe even person. Thanks so much for listening. So how... How can parents help other than modeling and developing that relationship? What else can they do to help so that boys feel better talking about it? So, so one of the things I would do is I would, I think most parents should start with kind of an education about feelings Um, or, you know, and whether this is parents, I know this podcast is directed towards parents, but, you know, teachers, anyone who works with kids, I think it's important to, to first talk about like, why do we have emotions? Right. Like, and I, the, the term I like, the way I like to think of it at least is, you know, motivation comes from emotions. We have, hmm. 
emotions to motivate us to do something. It's easy for kids to remember because it's like, you know, emotions, motion, motivate, move, you know, like there's kind of a connection there that you can play with that kids tend to, it tends to resonate with kids. Um, and then we talk about them. Like, what do you think the, the emotion of fear might tell me to do? If a, if a, you know, saber tooth tiger came in my, this office right now, what would I want to do? And they're like, run away. And I'm like, yes, fear tells me to run away and hide. You know, that's what that's, that's given to us for. What if, what if it was kind of a smaller saber tooth tiger and it was trying to take my lunch? And I was really upset and got angry at it. What would it, if I wanted to take my lunch back, right? That might be what anger's for. You know, that's, that's there to motivate us to defend ourselves or to fight. Um, let's, let's talk about some more. And so we kind of go through about what the emotions were given to us and the gift they are for us. And then I try to tell them, like most people, though, they get motivated or put in motion by their emotions without even knowing it's happening. So if you can recognize, hey, I'm feeling anger, that's why I want to go and yell at this person and, and kind of approach them, or I'm feeling scared, that's why I don't want to join that group of boys or that situation, and I kind of want to hide. Like naming it is the very first step of like, what I, I tell kids, I'm like, it's like a superpower. All your friends and all these other people, they're getting moved around by their emotions, and they don't even know it. They're just like, Oh, I'm, they don't even recognize they're angry. They're just like, ah, oh, and they just do something. Whereas you, you're going to learn like, wow, I'm angry. And that's why I'm about to do this thing. Or I want to do this thing and I don't have to do it. So there's, you start to kind of distance there. But anyway, Matt, you're a, you're a genius. I'm listening to this and I'm like, <laughs> oh, that is genius. I've never heard that ever. Okay. Well, yeah. Um, you're like, yeah, I'm here glad. I am. I'm glad that I'm glad that was helpful. I won't charge you for that one, Amanda. Um, no, that's uh, that's good. I'm, I'm, yeah. It's and it and it it's something that a lot of us don't think about, and some of them are hard. Like, why do we have the emotion of sadness? Mm-hmm. They they may struggle to understand that one, but the emotion for sadness means like something's upsetting, and we need other people mm-hmm. around us. It brings people help. close to us. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. And then I even talk about like happiness. Why would we have that emotion? Well, that's to keep rewarding us for doing the things that are good for us, that, mm-hmm. that, that feel good, right? So, so that's, I, I really try to break those down. Um, and, and most kids get that. And that's kind of a non-personal way because we're not talking, like if a, if a boy comes into my office and it's anger, I'm not using anger as my first example, right? Mm-hmm. Like if, that, if, the, if the triggering event was he was showing a lot, of, he was demonstrating a lot of angry behaviors. Well, I'm not going to use that when I'm doing my education about emotions as my first one, because that's too personal. That's going to hit too close. I do a lot of other ones and then just throw anger in there as if that's just part of, mm-hmm. of what we're doing to mm-hmm. kind of just normalize this talk about feelings and emotions. So that's the first thing. That'd be like the first step I, I would recommend. Um, the second is <laughs> to speak of motivation, like we want him to be motivated to like talk about feelings and express feelings and delve into feelings. So we kind of have to figure out like, and, and parents will know this best, what values does he hold or like what's valuable to him? Mm-hmm. And then like take those things and then help him understand how working on understanding his emotions or naming emotions and communicating feelings can be helpful in those areas. So, you know, if it is sports, 
that's an easy one because there's lots of examples of how, you know, getting a better handle on your emotions can help you, you know, um, perform better, mm-hmm. right? But it really can go for anything. I mean, it could go for schoolwork. It could go for, you know, hanging out with friends to feeling okay at a sleepover to, um, you know, communicating with their aunts and uncles when they come in town in a way that, you know, nor- maybe they get real nervous because they don't see them very mm-hmm. often. Well, this can help you in that way. Mm-hmm. So, so those things that are valuable and important for him, making that connection. Um, and once again, don't have to make it real personal, like, hey, when you struggle at the free throw line, if you got better with your anxiety, that would like if you go at that approach, that's just going to close them up. But if you use more like general and kind of um, themes in the areas that they hold value in or that are valuable to, to him, that's like a softer landing for them to like, okay, hey, this, it, it like opens the door just a little bit more to the possibility for them that, hey, talking about these emotions Yes, are, is, is a good and, and and helpful thing to do. And I think part of the reason that this works is because even if you have great role models, and even if you know the people in your life are talking about emotions, there's still society with which shuts kids down, shuts boys down. So if you talk about it when your child is upset, they're not going to hear you, right? The boy is not going to hear you. This is the time to talk about your feelings. It just doesn't work. If you if you do it in a time away from when they're having an emotion and you couch it in education, that's going to allow them to be able to do it when they need it later and they are upset. So for instance, one of my sons has been relatively angry at night. I think he's sad. And he is using, he's showing anger around it. So at an entirely separate time, we talked about how can boys, I started talking about Tom Brady because you told me about Tom Brady crying, right? And so I was like, oh yeah, Tom Brady did this and this is what happened. And I just recorded this podcast on boys and emotions. What do you think? But I'm educating him in a way that's totally unrelated to what he's experiencing so that we can bring it back when he needs it. Good work, mom. That's that's oh, perfect. I mean, listen, that's you inspired me after our last conversation. <laughs> so, so you know, it's. I mean, first of all, I'm gonna back up a little bit. So, one of the things I always tell parents is right in line with what you were saying, which is the the worst time to talk about a problem is when you're in a problem. Yeah. Right. Like talking about problems when you're not escalated and you're not already emotionally hijacked is so much easier, smoother, and we can come up with so much more of a a plan. We can, we can, you know, we're not in the middle of it. We can see the forest for the trees. Um, and so same thing, you know, so emotions, just, just change that statement with emotions. The, one of the worst times to talk about emotions is when you're already emotionally escalated. Mm-hmm. You just, you know, it, it's, it's, it's too flooding at that point. Um, not to say you can't acknowledge it or talk about it at all, but that's, you're not going to get, uh, you're not going to get too far down the road. That's at crisis stage. And it's all about like managing the moment. Right. And so I would, you know, I would, I would get through that, but then I would always come back to it. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and then, then we can talk about it. And they may get escalated a little bit when they, when you come back to it. Um, but if you, you know, if you give us some time, once again, if it's a soft opening, if you, if you make them understand that you're not upset, you know, you, there, it's a, it's a safe time to talk about this, good time to talk about it, why it's important. Um, it, it, they can usually kind of, start to, to open the door with that. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of emotions 
right? Like we have a ton of, of different emotions, but I usually start with boys with kind of the big four. Um, happiness, because we all know what happiness is, you know, and happiness is an emotion. People are like, I want to live a happy life. And I'm like, well, you really want to live a content life because no one's happy all the mm-hmm. time. Um, but, you know, what is happiness? What does that feel like? Um, anger. Um, that's I, We could probably do a whole nother podcast on boys and anger. Um, but anger is a big one for boys. It's kind of a, in a lot of ways, it's a socially acceptable um, emotion for boys, unfortunately. Um, and, you know, we can, we can process that if, if you think that's important, but also and then sadness and fear, because are those kind of the big four main categories? Mm-hmm. Um, and they can kind of, they can kind of relate to all four of those. So those are the four I start with. Um, sometimes boys, especially with anger, to go back to that for a moment, they don't, they really struggle with they want to stay on anger and there's always some other type of emotion, mm-hmm. usually sadness or fear and or within those two categories, right? Like shame, embarrassment um, that, that are underlying that anger. And so, you know, you really want to try to help them learn and get to that. Um, but yeah, those are, those are kind of where I start mm-hmm. when it comes to, to trying to help kids, boys, especially name those, those feelings. If you are enjoying this episode and want more mental health support for you or your family, visit us at www.meafamilytherapy.com. We're a mental health practice with offices in Lynchburg, Charlottesville, and Northern Virginia, and we provide teletherapy across Virginia and North Carolina. We offer psychiatry, individual, child, and family therapy, and even have some after-school appointments available. Again, that's www.virginia, spelled out, familytherapy.com. Thanks so much for listening. And what I do with my kids is, number one, I want to emphasize, actually, anger is a feeling that men and boys, it's like the only feeling that is told is okay, right? Like a boy might be sad, and if he cries, he gets yelled at. But if he's angry, that's within the realm of normal in our society. We're trying to shift that. So one of the things that I do every night with my kids is I say, name one thing that made you happy, one thing that made you mad, one thing that made you sad, one thing that made you worried. I might mix it up, right? Like I might do two of the four, but part of it is getting them to proactively talk about sad and worried because I want them to be able to access it when they're living their life, not just only access the mad. And I think they have to practice that if they're going to be able to get good at it. I, I I love that. I think that's that's excellent, and it is excellent. And um, thanks, Matt. <laughs> you, <laughs> you know the 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 anger one's interesting because one we want we want kids we want boys to understand like it's okay to be angry. Like mm-hmm. we all experience that and feel that. It's nothing to be ashamed of to be angry. But anger is anger is only useful in a very 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 small mm-hmm. <laughs> amount of situations, right? So we need to recognize, hey, there's anger here. What's going on behind it? Um, you know, we could, I could also talk about shame and boys for a long time. And, and I know this is a, a relatively short podcast. So we won't delve too into that, but that is the bigger trigger for boys and anger. And, and really for, and by the way, what you were saying about anger being an acceptable or kind of a attack others being acceptable. I think that's actually, a, a evolved, unfortunately, the other direction where more and more 
girls are being taught that. That's not okay for them to be scared and sad. It's okay for them to be angry. Oh, that's interesting. And, you know, lash out yeah. at others. Yeah, I think that's more and more kind of been, um, in, you know, starting to come into our culture, and and that's it's incredibly unfortunate. Um, but well, you know, the 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 shame piece when boys or really anyone, but especially boys, when they feel that not just that sense of embarrassment, but that someone is saying they are less than. So. You know, it could be someone on the playground and they're doing something they can't do as many. I don't know. They can't go across the monkey bars as hard. And some kid does it and starts laughing at them when they fall. That sparks the anger right away. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, or, or it's even more explicit where, you know, they they are told you're not as good at whatever this thing is that's important to you. And it, it's it's not that everybody needs to be equal. There's going to be folks who are more talented, certainly. But when the messaging is not only you're not as good at that thing, you're actually not as good of a person because of that. Um, And that Mm -hmm. happens way more than you would think. You know, that sense of like, no, not only did you not do well, you're actually not good. You're not as good of a person. We're up here in this tribe and you're on that tribe and that or, or you're isolated. And boy, that that triggers anger so incredibly quickly. It's also the hardest one for boys to kind of admit, process, and, and, and deal with because it can be just so incredibly hurtful. Um, I And this is not a study. And once again, this is a, a generalization, but that's kind of the world this conversation is, or, that mm-hmm. we're, we're having of here course, is yeah. in. But, you know, the, the what I have noticed working at the boys' school for many years and the girls' school for many years, the boys were easy to say they were angry. Um, but they couldn't say that they were embarrassed they, or they, they had a lot of difficulty saying they were embarrassed or scared and, or shame. Mm-hmm. Um, females, when I worked over there, they, it was much easier for them to say they were scared or they were feeling anxious or sad before they said they were angry. Mm-hmm. And really there was anger behind it. You could feel the anger in the room with them or, you know, it was a wilderness school, so outside with them, you could feel it from them. They'd be like, no, I'm not angry. I'm just sad. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, I think that sadness might be moving into something else here. We got to get to both here, you know. And and then they would they would say, yes, I'm I'm angry. I'm furious. I just never felt like I could ever say that, you know. Um, and so I, I think that's an important, you know, it can be an important distinction for raising boys to have that realization that you know they they may say they're angry when they even know there's sadness or fear underneath it. And where where girls might say, no, I'm I'm sad or I'm scared, but really there's a lot of anger that comes with that that also needs to be dealt with and processed. So anyway, just some just some My husband and I just experience. had that conversation last night. Like I went from <laughs> sadness into anger and it was really useful. And I'm someone who thinks about it a lot and and I was being vulnerable by saying I was mad. I think you're absolutely right. It's a thing that happens. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 um you know, girls were socialized. And like I said, I think it's, un- I think it's, I think attacking others for girls is actually becoming more and more okay in society, unfortunately. But, um, but for the most part, they were socialized, like you, you shouldn't be angry. That's, that's more, you know, there's something wrong with a, a girl or, you know, if she, I mean, you see it in politics, right? Where a, a female politician, if she gets upset and angry, all of a sudden she gets called a name. I'm not going to repeat here, but that's, that's how people perceive her. Where if a man does that, it's like, okay, yeah, he's just, he's just standing up for himself or standing up for what he believes in. Um, and it's, it's, you know, it's, it's really a shame. Um, but that's, that's part of what just, you know, we're ingrained to, to think or believe until you sort of evolve out of that. But, 
um, or we evolve out of it. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I know we're kind of getting close, to, yeah. you know, getting kind of close to our time. I did want to touch on on one thing because you know we're trying to give all these different like you know these tips and these ideas and the approaches and and um, of how you can get boys to be more open and talk about their feelings. I do want to say that even if you do all these things, one, it's if there is going to be a change in it, it's not going to happen overnight. It's going to be an, an evolution for the boy, right? To, to learn that it's okay and feel that safety in it um, is something you have to work on regularly. That's why I love what you do every night when your boys go to bed, because it really needs to be something that's demonstrated every day. Um, but even doing all those things, there's going to be a time where they're going to need to really open up and talk about their feelings. And they're just not going to want to, and you're going to feel it as a parent of like, I need to get to this. Mm -hmm. And they're going to go, ain't no way we're getting to that. And, you know, so I think it's important to kind of like talk about maybe like going with the resistance Mm -hmm. that you feel from your boy rather Mm -hmm. than against that resistance. Um, You know, I've, I've, said this to you before but you know sometimes it can it can just turn into a a contest where it's like a you know pulling on a rubber band one on each end you know you pull harder one way to get them to open up which makes them pull you know if you think about a rubber band between two hands they just have to pull harder the opposite direction right because they're like there's no way i'm telling my mom or no way i'm telling my dad how i really feel Mm -hmm. about being cut on or whatever from the basketball team or what happened at school today and so you know, parents and, and it, they're, they're so, they get worried and upset for their child and, and they become scared and their own stuff starts coming up. And so they just start doubling down about how important it is for them to start telling them mm-hmm. how they're feeling, which the extra pressure just makes it so the boy says, I'm not telling you, there's no way. And so this, it, it becomes a wider divide. And so we want to try to avoid that contest. Um, as much as we can. And, and there are some little tips that you can just kind of remember is, you know, one, always validate to him, you understand how difficult this must be to talk about and how scared he must feel to tell you and how much, it, you know, how it feels icky or like their skin may even be crawling, having to say it. Um, but also it's going to feel a lot better once you do. Mm-hmm. I promise, you know, we can get through this together. Um, you know, return back to the relationship. You know, I care about you. I love you. This is what this is all about. This is why I'm asking you to to to, to share this. Maybe even taking a break from like, if they're in their room and you're there with them, go do something, take a walk mm-hmm. or do an activity they enjoy, but mm-hmm. do it with them, right? Because we're getting back to that shared activity, reinforcing the relationship that boys tend to gravitate towards. Um, and then, and then come or, and, and bring it back up while you're doing that activity. You know, it's, it's, um, I mean, we could talk about exercise endorphins and, and, and cortisol regulation, all that stuff as far as exercise. So if you go on a walk or, you know, uh, play a game with them that's running around, how good that can be. But it's also, it's, it's, it's about the relational aspect of it and letting them know that, you know, this is, this relationship is a safe place for you to talk about this and that those activities can just reinforce that. Um, and then also, you know, seeking professional help, um, boys, you know, who don't want to talk about their feelings and emotions are going to be hesitant to go and talk to a therapist or a counselor. Um, but a therapist and counselor can also be sort of that objective person that they're not so emotionally entangled and connected to who they may be able to tell. Plus, you know, therapists, this is 
kind of what we do. So this is, you know, we have lots of experience yep. in getting folks to feel safe and open up, um, you know, no matter age or, or um, you know, gender identity to, to, to have that avenue. And so, you know, um, it's important that's a good match, somebody that the, the, the boy can kind of pick out um, or, or choose if, if that option is available to you. And, um, but, but getting that help, you know, getting that assistance with it could be, um, can be, you know, can, can help pave the way. And then, you know, of course, if I'm, if I have a boy in, in my office as a therapist and he's sharing things with me, I'm then encouraging him, Hey, when you talk about that, talk to dad about this. I, yep. I want you to share this with mom. Like yep. this is, they, those folks love you and they're there for you. And it's, you know, and then most of the time that's what they want to do yep. um, because they, they, they recognize how helpful it is with me. And then they can mirror that with the other people in their life who care about them too. So, so Matt, you were so helpful, so informative. Really, I'm going to be a better parent from listening to you. Where can people find you? So I, uh, I work with Amanda. So um, <laughs> anywhere you find Amanda, um, you can find me. I, I also, um, I mean, you can. You can email me, mbrowning at virginiafamilytherapy.com. Um, I am starting to get more active on Instagram. Uh, you can also find me on LinkedIn. Nice. Um, yeah, yeah. Someone's been encouraging me to be a little bit more <laughs> active uh, on social networks, Amanda. The world needs to hear all of your thoughts, Matt. They're so good. I appreciate that. You're always so kind. Well, this was really helpful. I cannot wait to get this out and I cannot wait. I might even have my sons listen to it with me, which I'm really excited about. So thank you for that as well. Thank you for coming on and I hope you have a great weekend. I really enjoyed this and I hope you have a nice weekend too. Take care. Absolutely. Thanks so much for listening. Don't forget to like and share the Active and Connected Families podcast if you found this helpful. And if you or someone you love are interested in therapy, you can find out more about our practice at www.virginiafamilytherapy.com. Again, that's www.virginia, all spelled out, therapy.com. Thanks again.